welcome back to Navigating the Book of Navigation, the undergraduate-produced podcast series at Boston College. My name is Gage Higgins, and I'll be introducing this episode today. Scarlett, Connor, Charlie, and Andrew will lead us through our third podcast by exploring the Ottoman conception of other, more specifically, of their Portuguese rivals. The Portuguese had successfully navigated the Indian Ocean and established a maritime empire by occupying ports and straits that became choke points that guaranteed the Portuguese monopoly of trade with Asia. The Ottomans responded by sending a fleet to the Strait of Hormuz, an expedition in which Piri himself participated. The disastrous effect of this venture cost Piri his life. But despite Ottoman-Portuguese enmity, this episode shows Piri's admiration of the Portuguese. You pull your ship onto an island off the coast of the Mediterranean. You've been exploring and documenting the coastline, noting any safe haven you find for storms, new navigational techniques you learn from locals, and sometimes you sketch a bit of the natural beauty of the landscape. Your name is Piri Reis, and you would go on to create a comprehensive work of navigation, complete with detailed maps and the secrets of surviving and traversing the Mediterranean, the Book of Navigation. Global piracy, trading agreements, conquered lands, desire for world domination. The Ottomans' relationship with what we might call others during the 16th century was far from simple. Added an escalating global competition, economic expansions, and an increase in navigational knowledge, and the result is a vastly interconnected global market in which every move, including depictions in Pierre Reese's book, is calculated. Hi, I'm Scarlett. And I'm Charlie. And today, we're going to be talking about others in the eyes of the Ottomans, specifically focusing on the Portuguese. So what exactly is it to be other, like the Portuguese, in the eyes of the Ottomans at this time? Well, that in itself is a complex question. It is only complicated further by how diverse the Ottoman Empire truly was at the time of Piri Reis. When the Ottoman Sultan Mehmet the Conqueror subdued Constantinople in the middle of the 15th century, the majority of his subjects were Christian. Though Muslims would become a majority after the Ottoman conquest of Syria and Egypt in the early 16th century, the Ottoman Empire, which defined itself as Muslim, retained a huge Christian population. How did this empire with such a diverse population project its Muslim identity and mark its Christian rivals as the others, who were distinguishable from their own subjects? With a hold on Constantinople and with a vastly expanding territory, the Ottomans took control of key trading routes in the area. For example, Sultan Selim I conquered Egypt and Syria. This event meant that no other nation or empire could travel east or west without passing through Ottoman territory. Then came Sultan Suleiman in the 16th century, who expanded the empire even more and brought the Ottomans to power in the realm of Indian Ocean trade. This expansion of the Ottoman Empire led to interaction with new peoples and cultures. They pragmatically tolerated and assimilated new Christian and Jewish subjects, as their ability to adapt and assimilate people into the empire is part of the reason that the Ottoman Empire was able to last so long. The Ottomans allowed conquered groups to keep their religion, 
laws, schools, and languages to maintain stability and effectively manage a large empire. That's very true, but it's also important to note that Ottomans did this out of pragmatism. This was a style of management, where diversity did not affect imperial claims. They aimed to establish their political existence and influence in the Mediterranean and Indian Ocean. This is where corsairs such as Pierre Ries come in. Ah, yes. Pierre Ries was a former corsair. Wait, what is a corsair? They were privateers that were commissioned to raid and pillage enemy ships at the behest of rulers throughout the Mediterranean. Anyways, he started working as an Ottoman naval officer at the end of the 15th century, and is world-renowned for his maps and charts. Rather than just offering a series of Portland charts, which were navigational charts and maps, the Book of Navigation includes textual descriptions of the places including comments on the terrain of the ports and the culture of its inhabitants. Pierre Reese often went beyond traditional maps and wrote about cultural, social, and economic accounts of the places which he sailed that acted as a guide for how the Ottoman Empire should approach and conquer those areas. In doing so, the Book of Navigation also acts as a frame of reference on how the Ottomans and Pierre Reese himself viewed others, such as the Portuguese during this time. In talking about the Portuguese, it's evident how much he admires their sailing tactics. From talking about the history of the Portuguese sailing the Indian Ocean to the marvel of their discovery of the source of the Nile River, there is undoubtedly respect there. Very much so. Pierre Reese even talks about specific navigational tools they use, such as the astrolabe, and says that the Ottomans should be ashamed of the fact that the Portuguese had five galleys in their voyage to Jeddah which lies to the east of the Nile River. So how come during this time of increasing global competition, are there moments when Pierre-Reese talks so highly of the Portuguese sailing tactics? Well, this is because first and foremost, Pierre-Reese was a mariner. He grew up on the sea and had no formal schooling. His knowledge was experiential and was mostly around navigation. This identity greatly ties into how Pierre-Reese talks about the Portuguese. During the era of seafaring that Pierre Ries grew up in, the seas were sailed by mariners of many cultures. A great deal of the pirates and corsairs on ships in the Mediterranean were from places like Ireland, France, Britain, Spain, and Portugal. Oh, I see. This identity of being a mariner must also tie into why he talks so much about how the Portuguese constructed a three-dimensional map. He even talks about the influential priests who had attained perfection and created a globe in which he calculated and marked all of the countries and their distances. He frames it as an amazing feat due to the prevention of life lost at sea, something he's well-versed with being raised on the waters. While it's clear that Pierre Reis valued the skill of Portuguese cartographers, he even mentions that he used Portuguese maps for accurate depictions of India and China, although fragments of these maps have not been fully recovered. Pierre Reese cited four chief sources for his depiction of China and the Indian Ocean. But who were these mystery Portuguese cartographers? It's not clear if Pierre Reese spoke to four specific cartographers or just had exposure to their cartographical work. We do know that Pierre Reese highly valued the accounts of what he called true seafaring men. These would be the stories and accounts of other navigators. He relied on these not only for their expertise in travel and geography but also for their reports of the culture and behavior of other peoples. Oh, really? He included more than just their geographical evidence? Yes. For example, he gives a description of Chinese culture from the Portuguese perspective. He writes about the cultural significance of holding an idol of Chinese clay. 
and of them always keeping it on their person. Pierre Reis even describes the Portuguese account of the Chinese cultural interactions. He describes that when they greet one another, they are often silent before clasping their hands together, swinging them back and forth, and saying master. He follows this social description by writing, Now you have learned of China as the Portuguese tell it. There's this level of trust between Pierre Reis and his Portuguese sources to the point that he includes all of the cultural information they have collected. With all of this discussion about Pierre Reis's admiration for the Portuguese, and how he viewed the practical aspect of the other, it makes me think that he was a pretty solid guy. You'd probably have to travel back in time to find that out. <laughs> but in terms of representation of the Portuguese in his book of navigation, it is also important to note how he had to continuously talk about differences in order to justify the Islamic identity. Remember, he is presenting this book to the Sultan. Scholar Amir Aliolu says in her work how Pierre Reis sought the patronage of Senim I in his presentation of the world map. In doing so, his major aim was to promote himself by displaying his geographical knowledge and gain Salim's support. Later, through the presentation of this book to Sultan Suleiman, the book of navigation, he also has to justify the Ottoman Islamic identity, both in terms of conquering and in distinguishing the Christian rivals from their own subjects. That makes sense. Especially with the global political climate at the time, Pierre Reis had to show that the Ottomans were more deserving of God's grace, and therefore more deserving to rule. In a world where you regard everyone as being either subjects or people you have not yet conquered, your view on other groups must be calculated. Exactly. There's even a story about how God was not on the Portuguese side. Folio 37b of the manuscript, Pierre Reis tells the story of how the Portuguese tried to conquer Magata of the Comer Islands and establish a colony. The saint of the island prayed day and night when he found out that the Portuguese wished to fight. Then the weather rose up and sank all 15 of the Portuguese ships. Whatever the priest prayed for, it was evident that God was not on the Portuguese side. There seems to be a lot of storytelling for a guidebook on navigation. Yes, but it's important to note here how describing the stories, the lands, and the cultures in depth is all to help the Ottoman Empire in expanding and conquering these lands. Scholar Palmyra Brummett says how the object of 16th century mapmaking was to facilitate travel and the imagining of travel. So in describing these lands and cultures, Pierre Reis is trying to give a guidebook on how to conquer various areas of the world and show the Sultan how easily accessible and travelable they are. That reminds me of the work of the scholar Pinar Emir Aliolu, who discusses how during this time of dramatic territorial expansion, knowing the location and characteristics of newly conquered territories was essential. There was new contact with different geographical regions in which they had to assimilate the newly conquered peoples and territories into the Ottoman domains. But this was also a characterization of a collection of regions in which the Ottomans sought to portray their empire as the hub of the universe. This, along with religious and ideological differences, further shows that the Ottoman relations with others, specifically the Portuguese, is not always so positive, but rather complex. Here we have a situation where the Ottomans were striving to be perceived by others as being the most worthy of God's favor and grace. But at the same time, Piri Reis wrote with great respect for the accomplishments and skills of others, particularly the Portuguese's mastery of navigation.
although the Ottomans were conquerors and wanted to be the most powerful and influential empire, they did not have the same dedication to religious purity as their European neighbors. Therefore, they saw value in collecting and preserving information and technical knowledge of peoples they may have seen as inferior. Exactly. Piri Reis's writing presents what he respects of others, such as Portuguese maritime abilities, but portrays it as something they could use to further the expansion of their own empire, as the people supported and chosen by God, their ultimate goal was to be the most powerful. This shows that Pierre Reis was certainly not naive, and when he saw something that worked, he wanted to use it in pursuit of the goal of the empire. So when he writes in seeming praise of others, it is not out of pure admiration, but because he is a mariner who understands what the sultan wants. He understands the value in examining the successes of others. Piri Reis could recognize when he could benefit from an alliance of utility, and when the Ottoman Empire could benefit from taking an idea or information from another group. All of this information and motives come together with the complex and globally significant representation of other, specifically the Portuguese in the Book of Navigation. <laughs>